You are listening to the Mead Musings Podcast, the platform we talk about disabilities, critical illnesses and mental health. This podcast is hosted by a resilient critical illness survivor. Sit back and listen to truly inspiring men and women share their journey, struggles, pains, and strategies for excelling in life despite debilitating circumstances. Today, we are going to be talking about the all-important aspect to our life, and that is sleep. And today, I've got somebody who is an expert in that field. She is based in Washington, in Seattle, actually. So, uh, well, I'll be leaving her to introduce herself and tell us more about what will be the best thing or the way forward for us to improve sleep. And that's what we'll be talking about today. So welcome to my podcast, Sandra. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Okay. Um, to let people know who I am, I help people who are struggling with sleep and stress issues to be able to get the rest they need and heal what's underneath. I'm a life and sleep coach. I've also authored four books on brain function and energy and sleep. I really like to work with people on a different approach to sleep so that they really know how to rest into themselves instead of feeling like sleep is something they have to get. Oh, thank you so much for that introduction, Sandra. Actually, why this career in the first instance? I know there's quite a lot of people struggling with sleep at, uh, at this time of the year and even this period in time. But why this chosen field? Well, you know, it happened because I had a huge, long bout of chronic insomnia. It was about 20 years ago. I would wake at about three in the morning and it was feeling like it was 10 in the morning. Um, I was just wide awake. Nothing helped. Um, I had two young kids at the time and I was not mother of the year. So um, one day I realized that one of the things I wanted to do during the day is a lot of personal growth experiences um, because that's always been my value. And I didn't have time, but I had time at night. And those experiences moved me into a place of deep rest, that kind of letting go feeling before you fall asleep, where you don't really care where you are. You don't really, you know, you know, you're in a room, you know, you're having thoughts and feelings, but they don't matter. And I found that the next day I had more energy. So I started exploring at that time what deep rest was, found out that it helps your mind and your emotions and your mood and your health and it welcomes sleep and I learned ways to move through the obstacles that there are to rest and then I developed the program. I no longer have chronic insomnia but life is difficult. I get sleep stress sometimes but I don't struggle with it anymore because I know no matter what happens I can rest and I can welcome sleep without chasing it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I suppose sleep deprivation is one of the most understated causes of depression, anxiety, and uh, all most of the problems that we have around. So it's quite um, interesting that you talked about your own 
experience with sleep. So, well, we will want to do something about that today to help other people so that they won't have to struggle with sleep. We, I know, I mean, we, we can't remove all the problems, but we would want to be able to help people so that they have better sleep experience and improve their quality of lives as well. Right. Yeah, you know, sleep deprivation can happen from a lot of places. It can happen from your body if you have uh, sleep disorders or like apnea or those kinds of things. It can happen from your mind if you're all worried and stressed out. It's very hard to sleep. It can happen from your habits if you drink a lot of caffeine or if you um, use a lot of screen time. Um, And it can also happen from... Again, what I mentioned, chasing sleep, feeling like sleep is something that you have to have, then it keeps you awake and hyper. But if you know that you can move into rest, then you have some tools to help even with all of those other pieces. However, seeing a doctor, making sure you turn off your phones, making sure you have the food and the drinks that serve you, you know, you have to honor those as well. Oh, thank you. Right. So are you able to share some of the ways that you've um, helped other clients that you've worked with in the past? Yes. Um, Have you helped them? Well, you know, what I developed was what I call seven pathways to rest. Because, you know, I know that there's many people who do the whole sleep hygiene thing perfectly and still can't rest. Um and still can't sleep. So they get very frustrated. Sleep hygiene is wonderful, but it's not the only piece of the answer. What exactly is, uh, I think we should be able to actually answer the question, what is sleep hygiene, for instance? Yes. Thank you. That's such a good question. And then inculcate that into the practices that people need to inculcate into their routine so that they have a good quality sleep and they can improve their sleep hygiene. I think that that's a great question. Sorry for skipping over it and glad you caught me. <laughs> oh no. no, I didn't, I mean, I wasn't meaning, I wasn't planning to hold No, it. no, it was perfect. It was, it was perfect. perfect. It was perfect. Um, so sleep hygiene are the habits you have that support sleep. They can support your natural rhythm. So you go to bed at the same time every night and you wake at the same time every every morning so that your body is in that habit rather than thinking, should I go to sleep now? Can I stay up and do more stuff? You just, your body knows what the, what the rhythm is. You make sure your bedroom is soothing for sleep. So it's dark. It's for most people, it's cooler and it's quiet either through, I, I like sound machines. I think that they're really helpful, but you know, just keeping it as quiet as you can. And then also you make sure that you don't drink caffeine too late or you drink less caffeine and that you turn your screens off. You don't, you you let yourself have uh, a dusk. You let yourself move in tonight. You don't expect that you're going to like turn off your phone and then you'll be asleep. Give yourself a little chance to, to rest into going to bed. So those are the basics of sleep hygiene. Oh, thank you so much. So let's go into the area where you helped your clients in the past and to be able to have a better quality of sleep. Yeah, so I developed the seven pathways which talk about 
what is your relationship to many things in your life that are keeping you awake? So what's your relationship to sleep? We talked about chasing sleep. That'll keep you awake. What is your relationship to your environment? You know, if you're hypervigilant for noise, you just stay alert instead of understanding that sometimes noise will happen, but you can ramp down how it impacts you. What's your relationship to your body? Can you really feel your body rather than just wanting to turn off? What's your relationship to your mind? Because minds are wonderful, but when they start to feel like they're in charge at night, it's important to tell them, no, it's not your time. What's your relationship to emotions? Because anxiety can ramp you up and change your sense of the future and the past. So there's some tools to help people calm down with that. And then the last two are, what's your relationship to a bigger picture? It, we're not really alone in this world. So how do you connect in your mind to your friends or your community or a spiritual being or whatever works for you? And then the last is, what's your relationship to yourself? What's going on underneath that's keeping you awake? So those are the ways that I've worked with clients, and they have found them very useful. It goes beyond the sleep hygiene into really looking at how they rest and how they sleep and what tools, because all of those pathways have tools to help them really tap into that ability to let go. Can you go further to expand on the tools to get into each of the pathways, like you said, that each of the pathways have tools that you have to tap in to, to be able to make use of the tools. Yes. So, so one, if, one tool that can be really useful, a lot of people move into relaxing the body. And the traditional way people learn about relaxing the body is to relax your feet and then your ankles and then your calves. But what I have learned is that in Chinese medicine, particularly in many of them, the resting energy moves from the top down. It doesn't move from the bottom up. So I work with people and we hold so much tension in our faces. So, you know, I suggest people and people can do that now if they want to just take a gentle breath and a long exhale, feel your body sitting on the earth. And then imagine that your eyes are letting go, even your eyelids, and there's more room behind your eyes. You can close your eyes if you want. Imagine your jaw, both your lower jaw and your upper jaw, relaxing, your neck letting go. Your, the neck is such a key piece in terms of moving into sleep. And then moving down, feeling your shoulders just let go, your chest, your torso, your hands and your arms, and then moving down your body, down your spine, your organs letting go, your hips, your thighs down into your feet. And that starts to create a movement of moving down into rest. Um, that's a simple one, but it's really useful. And if you get lost, most people do if they're doing it themselves, just start again. It doesn't matter that you do it perfectly in any way. It's just a matter that you attend to how your body can move and let go. But I use an app that's called Count. And all it does is like talk you through and processes where you attack your body, muscles, and all that. We will take a quick break, and when we get back, we will continue to the next part of this recording. Have you heard of the Newsly app? 
For the first time in the history of the internet, the entire world becomes listenable thanks to the Newsly app. Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android. It picks up articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. Newsly allows you to browse topics that you choose. You can follow topics as specific as you like from sports, science, Bitcoin, or even the Kardashians or whatever interests you. Newsly app will find you the latest articles and read them out to you loud and clear in human like voice. Newsly has podcasts as well. Explore trending podcasts from over 50 countries and your favorite podcast, the Mid Musings podcast, is there also. So stop scrolling, start listening right now. Download and use Newsly for free from www.newsly.me or from the link in the description and use promo code the mid musings that i would also put in the description and you would receive a one month free premium subscription what are you waiting for go download newsly now a lot of people feel that they have to completely relax in order to let go. And I just really honor that we live in a very stressful world, especially this past year. And I'm not, I'm looking at helping people balance because the stress needs to be honored. You know, it's not like go away stress. I don't need you. It's more like saying, yeah, there's some stress in the world and I'm going to relax at the same time rather than trying to chase the stress away. And then people feel like they can have more balance rather than looking to be perfect to have to sleep. There's room to rest in just about every circumstance, but it doesn't mean becoming somebody who, who you're not. It means honoring that we have busy, stressful lives. Wow. Oh, I suppose understanding that we do have a really stressful life and there's so much stress going on with that. You're thinking of how you're going to pay the bills, how the kids are going to be fair, how you're going to pay your mortgage, you know. Things are just on top of you and you just get overwhelmed. And when you are really stressed out, there's no way you can actually relax. I, I have a slightly different perspective. One, when I when the pandemic first happened, you know, I'm, I, I had my anxiety and I got pretty anxious. And what I started to say is, I'm anxious and I'm okay. Because what happens when we're anxious is we're often in the future uh-huh. um, and coming up with what ifs that our mind can't answer the same way. And so there's the truth that there's the fears. They're there. We don't know. Things have happened. But right in this moment, we usually have a roof over our head, food in our belly, we have that that ability as well. So to notice that at the same time that we're thinking about the anxiety can bring us back to right now in this moment for one second, we can relax. So it's not a matter about fixing the problems. I wish I could because it's not just the worry, but there is 
the PTSD, the post-traumatic stress syndrome um, that people have been through for a year. And the compassion for we have for ourselves and others has been worn thin a lot. (laughs) You know, we've just been asked to use that quite a bit, but we can still have compassion for ourselves. Maybe there's nothing we can do to change things. Sometimes it's like people are just worried about what's going to happen to them when you've not seen your your relatives for a whole year. Uh, maybe people who have relatives in ho- people's homes, you know, and other people who have relatives in other parts of the country that have not actually seen them, you know, and when you understand that they are ill or they're passing away or, you know, something that's just out of your control, you just tend to worry and worry and that leads to stress and anxiety. Uh, It's just a continuous circle, really. It is. And it's a human function. You know, we're, we're set to worry and pay attention because we, our bodies were developed when a long time ago, when there was tigers and bears and all sorts of scary things. So we had to stay alert. Um, so our bodies will worry. And once our bodies start to worry, it, it doesn't like to shut down. And I have some tools that help people with that. But one of the tools that can be really useful is we're, when we worry, there's a couple things. We want to control the future. Even when we can't, we're trying to come up with ideas to help us control it. And our mind says, well, what about this? Can you fix this? Um, and then we also want to pay attention to the people who are hurting. So that's another function of worry. But something that can really be helpful is to send good wishes to those we care about. So we're not stopping those feelings about connecting. It happened for me. My daughter drives a lot. And I would be like, well, what would happen if she she had, you know, something happen? And I started instead to send her good wishes. May your trip be pleasant. May you have a good time on the trip. And so that is another tool that can help us redirect where the worry goes. You know, there may be forces that are beyond our control that can support people. And we ask for those healing to happen to people's finances, happen to people's bodies, happen to their relationship with others. But it's sending good wishes that can help us also have good wishes for ourselves. Yeah, you have mentioned a few uh, tools that you use. Well, are there stages that people actually go through? Yes. Uh, Lots of people think that when they go to sleep, they should go to sleep at whatever time, let's say 10 and wake up at, you know, that's the U.S. version, 10 o'clock at night and wake up (laughs) at 6 or 7. But what actually happens is that we have sleep cycles. Um, And we often have two to four sleep cycles a night. And those last anywhere from 70 minutes to 120 minutes. And those sleep cycles move us through the stages of sleep, from the lighter stages into the deep sleep, into the REM where we dream. And then we wake up or we have lighter sleep. And then we move back into the next cycle. What happens for a lot of people is that when they have that moment of lighter sleep, they think, I can't sleep, I'm awake. But the the skill in sleeping is allowing yourself to move from one cycle to another. 
And that's where the restful pathways can be really helpful because we go back to, okay, I'm in my body. Okay, I hear noise. Yes, my environment feels comfortable. Okay, I'll relax my neck. And we can move back into those cycles again. So they change during the night. Sometimes the amount of dream time is longer in one cycle than another, and they change as we age. But pretty much we have several different sleep cycles at night. Yeah, that is so awesome to know. So I understand that the stages of sleep is different from sleep cycle. And I think a lot of people actually confuse this too. Is that a major difference between them? Well, basically, when you have a sleep cycle, you are talking about all the stages of sleep. So let's say you have 90 minutes. Okay, So you start with a lighter sleep where you're just sort of slightly aware. And then you move into the second where there can be twitching and those kinds of pieces. And then you move into that deeper sleep where it's hard for somebody to wake you up. And your eyes are really not moving. And then you move into REM, which is rapid eye movement, which is what you have when you dream, where you have whatever your body is trying to work through in terms of your processing and your thoughts and your emotions happens in symbols that make sense to you. And then you have a lighter sleep or you wake up and then you move again into that feeling of the first stage of lighter sleep and then the second where you might twitch and then the deeper sleep and then the dream again. So those stages are part of the sleep cycle. When you say, when you start sleeping, you go into the light sleep mode and then when you're in deep sleep, that's where you have the rapid eye movement. Why should your eyes move rapidly when you're actually sleeping deeply? Eye movement is so fascinating. They've done a lot of they've done a lot of work on um, there's an eye movement EMDR. Um, I don't know what it stands for, but basically they did a lot of work with with eye movement and trauma. And I help people look at their eye movements when they're awake and they're thinking because when you're thinking, let's start with just your cognitive brain. When you're thinking, your eyes are moving because. Our cognitive thinking cortex is entwined with our motor cortex. So when we're thinking, we're actually imagining moving. That's why you can go in the kitchen and forget what you came for. I know. (laughs) Your mind remembers the movement more than the thing. Yeah. And so when we're trying to sleep and we can't sleep, oftentimes we're thinking and our eyes are moving. So relaxing the eyes is really helpful in terms of resting. And then your body moves into deep sleep where there's sort of just a shutdown, you know, it's sort of like there's that, I imagine, you know, you take a piece of clothing, you're washing and you're rinsing it out and you just sort of wring it out. And it's just like, ah, nothing. I just sort of rinsing through everything. And then when you're dreaming, again, you're thinking, but not cognitively, but your mind is coming up with stories and images about what's happened in your life. And your eyes, like I said before, are moving with, you know, for me, I have a lot of travel dreams. I'm on a bus and I'm in you know, a suitcase or whatever. So it's like, wait, where's my suitcase? My eyes move to where the suitcase is. Do you like travel? Like, is that an hobby? I have mixed feelings about traveling. In some ways I love it. In some ways it's just sort of like, am I going to land okay? So, but I've, 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 had some, I've had some good trips in my life. Yeah. But that's, that's just part of my dreams. All right. Okay. Do you always like, Maybe dream of being in a 
on a beach sipping champagne and so exhausting. Yeah, that would be nice. I, 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 my dreams usually don't have that ending. They're usually about being on the train trying to get somewhere or being on the plane or with my luggage or being oh. at a hotel. So that's no. all right. Dreams oh. are <laughs> funny that way. I know. Well, thank you so much for all these things that you've shared. Is there any way that that you can suggest that could help people relax more just prior to sleep? Just prior to sleep? Yeah, I think that people can remember that when we didn't have all these electric lights, our bodies would start to wind down and lights keep us from producing melatonin in our brain. So when it gets dark, we start to produce melatonin, which is a hormone of sleep. So the more lights and the more blue lights we have, the less melatonin we have. So we turn off the lights and we think, why am I not sleepy? Well, your body has to catch up. So the earlier you can help your body catch up, the easier it will be to go and fall asleep. So being honoring what you do with your screens, turning them off, turning the lights down in your house, being kind to yourself. That's a really key piece. Just saying, oh, I'm getting ready to go to sleep. You know, it's like I can put my things I have to do aside for now and they'll be there in the morning. You don't have to rush and try to get everything done. And making your room a cocoon, even just putting a special blanket on your bed or or putting a, a picture of, you know, you were talking about the beach, you know, you were at. Oh. If you have the dreams of being at the beach in real life, put a picture of that by your bed. It helps your unconscious mind remember that you're moving to a place of renewal. Sleep is amazing. It's a miracle as far as I'm concerned. So treating it with respect is a really wonderful thing to do. Oh, thank you so much. And you talked about your books earlier. What are they based on as a sleep expert? I'm supposing some of them will be about sleep. <laughs> I've written four books. One is on energy boosters. So if you're tired, there's little boosters to help during the day. That's everyday energy boosters. I've written two books on the brain. One is A Better Brain at Any Age, and the other is Brain Fitness for Women, which was really fun to do. I learned so much about how the brain works and how we can have a relationship to our brain to make it work better rather than thinking it's just our servant. We are involved with it. And then the last book is on sleep. It's my program, Restful Insomnia. Um, and it's, it was written a little more than 10 years ago, so I've evolved the program since then. But it has the basics yeah. about how to stop chasing sleep and be able to embrace rest so that you welcome sleep but it's um it's a different relationship so you can really just not feel like you're failing because even if you can rest for nanoseconds you're starting to change your neural pathways so there's tools on how to do that okay and where are these books um available for purchase they're pretty much many places, but I have a link on my website, which is restfulinsomnia.com, that yeah. people can look at that. And they can also, I have a, a free giveaway, which is your first steps to deeper rest. And it has an audio of that sort of that body relaxing audio is is there. So there's there's some tools as well on the site. If people are interested, I'd be glad to have them look at it. Oh, thank you so much. I hope to have you on my podcast again soon. I'd love to be there. All right. Thank you so much for 
your time today. Thank you. It was a lovely conversation. You had great questions, so I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for listening. Please download and share with your friends and family and on social media platforms. We are available on Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, IAT Radio, Listening Notes, Podchaser, Good Pods, Radio Public, Stitcher, Deezer, Newsly Hub, Himalaya, and anywhere you listen to your podcast. Please leave a review, comments, or feedback on our social media platforms on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and also on our website www.podbean forward slash midmusings.com. Thank you very much.